Welcome to Jabberwocky Audio Theatre. This podcast is made possible by Francis Abbey, a listener like you who's backing us on Patreon. Thank you. The following audio theatre is rated ADG for general audiences. Jabberwocky Audio Theatre presents Through the Looking Glass. Hi, I'm Bjorn Munson, the Artistic Director of Jabberwocky Audio Theatre. Starting with this episode, and hopefully for several years to come, we want to lean into the fantasy origins implicit in the name Jabberwocky, with a series of folk tales and fairy tales from all over the world. What with our debut series being space opera and hard-boiled crime, we felt it was high time to get into the more out-and-out fantastical. I mean, I realize the physics of some of the beam weapons in Rogue Tiger aren't exactly peer-reviewed, but there is meant to be technology, not magic, behind them. Here, we'll explore tales where magic is real, and even if not readily apparent, just around the corner. We'll be going to faraway lands known only in people's imaginations and idealized lands for countries very much here on Earth. I grew up not only absorbing every collection of fairy tales I could get my hands on, uh, Andrew Lang's fairy books were a favorite, but also many, many collections of mythology from all corners of the world. And when I was studying languages other than English, the units with folktales and myths were always my favorite. Actually, that was some of my favorite parts of English classes as well. Anyway, I'm hoping to bring some of those tales here in both English and their original languages as well. So that's one of the advantages of being here in the D.C. area and broadcasting from WERA. On the one hand, any name for this anthology series would come up short, trying to encompass all these different traditions. But we have to try. So we're going to go with the one that has its roots in our name, Jabberwocky. This series is, therefore, Through the Looking Glass. And yes, we do plan to do adaptations of both Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, which admittedly will make things a bit confusing, but I hope you bear with us, because that kind of nuttiness feels right in Lewis Carroll's wheelhouse. As with all our Jabberwocky stories, we'll have a rating before each episode and show notes online on our website that tell parents and others what to expect. Most of these episodes for Through the Looking Glass will be rated G, but that doesn't mean that they are nebulous or devoid of peril. See, I like the fairy tales, and I liked how dark they could get. And guess what? Folktales from all corners of the earth do include monsters and evil deeds and a rather inordinate amount of characters devouring or trying to devour other characters. There's probably a paper or two in that. In any case, note that this isn't the upside down nor Stephen King. For darker tales and spooky stories, you'll want to catch our sister anthology series, Through a Glass Darkly, which we're also launching right around this time. So in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this anthology series and all the performers that are going to bring it to you. And please, if you have a favorite folktale, perhaps one that you feel has been neglected, shoot us a line via jabberaudio.com. 
And now, we'll start off through the looking glass with The Street Musicians by Andrew Lang, read by Tom Kramer. A man once possessed a donkey which had served him faithfully for many years. But at last, the poor beast grew old and feeble, and every day his work became more of a burden. As he was no longer of any use, his master made up his mind to shoot him. But when the donkey learned the fate that was in store for him, he determined not to die, but to run away to the nearest town and there to become a street musician. When he had trotted along for some distance, he came upon a greyhound lying on the road and panting for dear life. Well, brother, said the donkey, what's the matter with you? You look rather tired. So I am, replied the dog. But because I'm getting old and I'm getting weaker every day and cannot go out hunting any longer, my master wanted to poison me. And as life is still sweet, I have taken leave of him. But how am I to earn my own livelihood? I haven't a notion. Well, said the donkey, I'm on my way to the nearest big town, where I mean to become a street musician. Why don't you take up music as a profession and come along with me? I'll play the flute, and you can play the kettle drum. Well, the greyhound was quite pleased at the idea, and the two set off together. When they had gone a short distance, they met a cat with a face as long as three rainy days. Now, what's happened to upset your happiness, friend cat? inquired the donkey. It's impossible to look cheerful when one feels depressed, answered the cat. I am well up in years now, and I've lost most of my teeth. Consequently, I prefer sitting in front of the fire to catching mice, and so my old mistress wanted to do away with me. I have no wish to die yet, so I ran away from her. But good advice is expensive, and I don't know where I am to go to or what I am to do. Come to the nearest big town with us, said the donkey, and try your fortune as a street musician. I know what sweet music you make at night so you are sure to be a success. Well, the cat was delighted with the donkey's proposal, and they all continued their journey together. In a short time, they came to the courtyard of an inn, where they found a rooster crowing lustily. What in the world is the matter with you? asked the donkey. The noise you're making is enough to break our eardrums. I'm only prophesizing good weather, said the rooster, for tomorrow is a feast day. And just because it is a holiday, and a number of people are expected at the inn, the landlady has given orders for my neck to be wrung tonight, so that I may be made into soup for tomorrow's dinner. Well, I'll tell you what, Redcap, said the donkey. You had much better come with us to the nearest town. You have got a good voice and could join a street band we're getting up. The rooster was much pleased with the idea, and the party proceeded on their way. But the nearest big town was a long way off, and it took them more than a day to reach it. In the evening they came to a wood, and they made up their minds to go no further, but to spend the night there. The donkey and the greyhound lay down under a big tree, and the cat and the rooster got up into the branches, the rooster flying right up to the topmost twig, where he thought he would be safe from all danger. Before he went to sleep, he looked round the four points of the compass, and saw a little spark burning in the distance. He called out to his companions that he was sure there must be a house not far off, for he could see a light shining. 
When he heard this, the donkey said at once, Then we must get up and go and look for the house, for this is very poor shelter. And the greyhound added, Yes, I feel I'd be all the better for a few bones and a scrap or two of meat. So they set out for the spot where the light was to be seen shining faintly in the distance. But the nearer they approached it, the brighter it grew, till at last they came to a brilliantly lighted house. The donkey, being the biggest of the party, went to the window and looked in. "'Well, Greyhead, what do you see?' asked the rooster. "'I see a well-covered table,' replied the donkey, "'with excellent food and drink, and several robbers are sitting round it, enjoying themselves highly.' "'I wish we were doing the same,' said the rooster. "'So do I.' answered the donkey. Can't we think of some plan for turning out the robbers and taking possession of the house ourselves? So they consulted together what they were to do, and at last they arranged that the donkey should stand at the window with his forefeet on the sill, that the greyhound should get on his back, the cat on the dog's shoulders, and the rooster on the cat's head. When they had grouped themselves in this way, at a given signal, they all began their different forms of music, the donkey brayed, the greyhound barked, the cat meowed, and the rooster crew. Then they all scrambled through the window into the room, breaking the glass into a thousand pieces as they did so. The robbers were all startled by the dreadful noise, and thinking that some evil spirits, at the least, were entering the house, they rushed out into the wood, their hair standing on end with terror. The four companions, delighted with the success of their trick, sat down at the table and ate and drank all the food and wine that the robbers had left behind them. When they had finished their meal, they put out the lights, and each animal chose a suitable sleeping place. The donkey lay down in the courtyard outside the house, the dog behind the door, the cat in front of the fire, and the rooster flew up onto a high shelf. And as they were all tired after their long day, they soon went to sleep. Shortly after midnight, when the robbers saw that no light was burning in the house and that all seemed quiet, the captain of the band said, We were fools to let ourselves be so easily frightened away. And turning to one of his men, he ordered him to go and see if all was safe. The man found everything in silence and darkness, and going into the kitchen, he thought he had better strike a light. He took a match and mistaking the fiery eyes of the cat for two glowing coals, he tried to light his match with them. But the cat didn't see the joke, and sprang at his face, spitting and scratching in the most vigorous manner. The man was terrified out of his life, and tried to run out by the back door, but he stumbled over the greyhound, which bit him in the leg. Yelling with pain, he ran across the courtyard, only to receive a kick from the donkey's hind leg as he passed him. In the meantime, the rooster had been roused from his slumbers, and feeling very cheerful, he called out from the shelf where he was perched, well, then the robber hastened back to his cabin and said, Sir, there's a dreadful witch in the house who spat at me and scratched my face with her forefingers. And before the door, there stands a man with a long knife which cut my leg severely. In the courtyard outside lies a black monster who fell upon me with a huge wooden club. And that's not all, for sitting on the roof is a judge who called out, Bring the rascal to me. So I fled for dear life. After this, the robbers dared not venture into the house again, and they abandoned it forever. But the four street musicians were so delighted with their lodgings that they determined to take up their abode in the robber's house, and, for all I know, 
To the contrary, they may be living there to this day. And now, one of Aesop's fables from the 1919 edition, The Aesop for Children. The Fox and the Grapes A fox one day spied a beautiful bunch of ripe grapes hanging from a vine trained along the branches of a tree. The grapes seemed ready to burst with juice, and the fox's mouth watered as he gazed longingly at them. The bunch hung from a high branch, and the fox had to jump for it. The first time, he jumped. He missed it by a long way, so he walked off a short distance and took a running leap at it, only to fall short once more. Again and again he tried, but in vain. Now he sat down and looked at the grapes in disgust. What a fool I am. He said, here I am wearing myself out to get a bunch of sour grapes that are not worth gaping for. And off he walked, very, very scornfully. There are many who pretend to despise and belittle that which is beyond their reach. The Owl and the Pussycat by Edward Lear. The owl and the pussycat went to sea in a beautiful pea-green boat. They took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a five-pound note. The owl looked up to the stars above and sang to a small guitar. Oh, lovely pussy, oh, pussy, my love, what a beautiful pussy you are. You are, you are, what a beautiful pussy you are. Pussy said to owl, you elegant fowl, how charmingly sweet you sing. Oh, let us be married, too long we have tarried, but what shall we do for a ring? They sailed away for a year and a day to the land where the bong tree grows. And there in a wood, a piggy wig stood with a ring at the end of his nose. His nose, his nose, with a ring at the end of his nose. "'Dear pig, are you willing to sell for one shilling your ring?' said the piggy. "'I will.' So they took it away and were married next day by the turkey who lives on the hill. They dined on mince and slices of quince, which they ate with a runcible spoon. And hand in hand, on the edge of the sand, they danced by the light of the moon. The moon, the moon, they danced by the light of the moon. And now, another one of Aesop's fables, The Ant and the Dove. A dove saw an ant fall into a brook. The ant struggled in vain to reach the bank, and in pity, the dove dropped a blade of straw close beside it. Clinging to the straw like a shipwrecked sailor to a broken spar, the ant floated safely to shore. Soon after, the ant saw a man getting ready to kill the dove with a stone. But just as he cast the stone, the ant stung him in the heel so that the pain made him miss his aim, and the startled dove flew to safety in a distant wood. A kindness is never wasted. 
You've been listening to Through the Looking Glass from Jabberwocky Audio Theater. Produced by Jabberwocky Audio Theater in association with Arlington Independent Media, W-E-R-A-L-P, 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. Dialogue editing by Maurice Malda, with final sound mix and mastering by William R. Coughlin. This recording is the property of Team Jabberwocky LLC and may not be rebroadcast, retransmitted, or redistributed without express permission from Team J. For all the latest episodes and information on Jabberwocky Audio Theater, visit jabberaudio.com. If you're enjoying Through the Looking Glass and the other yarns we spin at Jabberwocky Audio Theater, be sure to subscribe and share. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash teamjabberwocky for exclusive content and to help us continue to bring you further tales of high adventure and mysterious suspense. Until next time, this is Kim Davenport saying thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next thrilling production from Jabberwocky Audio Theater. Hast thou slain the Jabberwock? Thank <laughs> you.